All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. Uh, happy Friday to you uh, that are watching and or listening live. For those of you that are listening to the audio after the fact, we do live stream all of these Boca Podcast episodes. If you go to facebook.com slash Boca Podcast, you can watch the replays there. Uh, we are currently streaming to, to Facebook as well as YouTube, actually. And we'll be sharing that YouTube link here very, very soon. But um, come join us. Hang out for these live sessions. And for those of you that are watching or listening live right now, make sure to ask questions. You can comment. We want this to be a group discussion, a conversation, a collective, if you will. Uh, so please don't be shy. Secondly, just very quickly, I want to encourage you all, as I have been, to look for opportunities to give. Um, as I told you I would do before every episode, I did donate to charitywater.org, $40 today before we get started. And it's really amazing, actually, how even just a little bit of money can make a big, big difference. I encourage you, whether it's in your local community or on a national or international level, to find an organization that you can somehow get involved with and give to and give to that organization. Look for opportunities to give back. All right. Now, I am excited about today's special edition of the Boca Podcast, Brand Position Consultation. And uh, I want to introduce our guest today. Lauren Har is here with me. Lauren, thank you so much for Hi. making time to hang out with all of us today. Thank you. I'm excited. And and I, by the way, I appreciate Heather is already, and I'm going to pop this comment up on the screen. Heather Parody has already, already commented and she said, woohoo, I'm here for this. And uh, <laughs> Heather, thanks for chiming in. And for those others who might be watching or listening live, Please don't hesitate to say hello, even let us know where you're listening or watching from. Ask questions as we go along, especially if you have questions about this concept of a brand position. Don't hesitate to engage. I, and I, I already told Lauren this before we got started today, but I'm especially excited for this brand position consultation because Lauren's not only number one has really, really powerful photographic work, and we're going to look at that here in just a second, but what she's doing with her brand, the direction that she's going is actually already super, super strong. And I think all we really need to do at this point is just a little bit of tweaking and, and probably encouraging, if nothing else, because she's got something really special going for her. So we'll talk about that here in just a second. Lauren, just briefly, if you don't mind, introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us where you're, you're chiming in from, what market you're based in. I'm actually in Ventura, California, so right on the coast in between Santa Barbara and Los Angeles. And my market is generally Ventura County, so really sticking to the coastal areas um, and some work in Santa Barbara as well. I'm sort of trying to get into that market okay. and trying to stay out of Los Angeles, <laughs> basically, because <laughs> there's so much going on down there. There's so many photographers and, sure. you know, it, it is a full hour's drive for me. So I just really try to keep it, you know, uh, north of Los Angeles. Well, and that's, I mean, there are probably a number of reasons maybe to kind of stay away from Los Angeles at the moment. Things are just kind of wild and crazy in general, but it is very crowded, crowded marketplace for photographers, I know. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the specific marketplaces that you're in here in just a little bit, uh, because I think there's wonderful opportunity just looking at your, your so-called competition in that area. Uh, we'll get into the details of that here in just a second. But Lauren, if it's okay, um, not just for yourself, but also for our listeners, I just briefly want to introduce the concept of a brand position um, mm -hmm. for those who may not be familiar with it. We talk a lot about brand position on the Boca podcast. For those of you who uh, are listening in or are watching, just very briefly, brand position 
uh, as a definition, very simply is the unique value proposition that your business offers to the marketplace. I say unique. It's a, it, it is the value proposition. The question is whether or not, it, it, whether or not it is unique. And uh, that's part of what we're going to be talking about today is helping Lauren. And again, for those of you listening and are watching, if you've got a photography business, maybe helping you think about how you can set yourself apart. And that's really the primary benefit of a brand position is it, it enables potential clients immediately to know what it is that's different about you. There are so many photographers in the marketplace, especially in California. I've spent a lot of time out in California. It's a beautiful, beautiful location. So many photographers want to be photographing there. I, I, it's, it's just stunning. But because that's a reality, the question is, how do we set ourselves apart? And certainly brand position is only one piece of the puzzle, but I think it's an important one and it's just not discussed a whole lot in the industry. So number one benefit is it enables potential clients to immediately know our value proposition and hopefully it's a unique one. Secondly, it filters irrelevant potential clients just naturally, right? Especially if we post that brand position statement at the homepage of our website, they land on our site, they see that position statement immediately they're going to know whether or not your brand makes sense for them. If that position statement is strong, it's unique, it's definite. Number three, it simplifies and focuses marketing efforts. And this is really important because there are so many different potential directions we can go with our marketing efforts as a photography business. But if we have a very specific and distinct brand position, that will literally drive what it is that we do on a day-to-day basis. And certainly that includes our marketing efforts. So I think that's really important as well. And then fourthly, and along the same lines, it encourages better time management because now we're thinking about how we're spending our time. What are we giving time to? And that is largely determined by our brand position because literally everything about our brand is built around that brand position, uh, or at least that's how I see it anyway, Lauren. Uh, So I just wanted to give that brief introduction to the notion of brand position, but uh, we already talked about you being based in Ventura, Santa Barbara. What type of photography do you currently tell photographers that you specialize in? So I am specializing in documentary family photography and wedding photojournalism. So I'm trying to pivot actually away from lifestyle, which is what I did for my first five years. Um, A lot of mini sessions, a lot of, you know, going to the park and having, you know, a lot of posing um, because I found that most of my clients really, they really connected with the candid shots that I was getting, not Mm -hmm. so much with the post shots. And I thought, why can't we make this, um, what, what I do the entire time I'm with them. So I'm trying to really get into day in the life type sessions. Okay. And, um, so far I've done, you know, two to four hours, but I haven't done a full day in the life yet. And that's really the direction I'd like to go with my family photography work. Okay. And I want to kind of break this down a little bit because I'm curious about the difference between lifestyle and then documentary and or photojournalism. I'll get to that in just Mm -hmm. a second. Just briefly though, for everybody listening and watching, make sure, and I'm going to pop this up on screen if you're watching live, Lore Photography, L-O-R-E Photography.com is Lauren's website. And uh, I'll actually, I'll pop over to your website here, Lauren, so everybody can see if they're watching live, lorephotography.com. And I'm scrolling down just a little bit. It says Santa Barbara and Ventura wedding and family photojournalism because memories lose their shape so swiftly. And then very quickly as well, I'll also mention it is Lore Photography Ventura. 
on Instagram, and I'll pop that up here on screen as well for anybody who might be watching. Of course, we'll link to all this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. For those of you who are listening to the audio, you might want to go back and reference this later on. We'll make it easy for you. We'll, we'll link to it all. Um, Lauren, we're going to come back to your website and, and Instagram account here in just a second, because again, I'm taken by your work. Uh, when A lot of times, photographers use that word documentary or photojournalistic. I certainly did as a photographer, a wedding photographer back in the day. But it's not very often that I've seen photographers actually offer work, create work that to me seems like kind of the, the, the old photography from newspapers in the mm-hmm. sense that, or you know, Time Magazine or, or a, a news production. Um, these photographs that truly tell a story, they capture emotion, they tell a story, but they also leave you wanting more, curious about more. You, you do this in a way that is really, really beautiful. And, and so I want to kind of share that with, with some of our listeners here, or all of our listeners, rather, um, here in just a little bit. But before I do that, talk to me just a little bit, if you will, about your perspective, about the difference between lifestyle photography, which has been, it's become super, super popular over the last 10 to 12 years, maybe even a bit more. The difference between that and true photojournalism or documentary photography. Sure. Yeah. And I think the terms are um, in flux and I'm not sure that I have picked the correct term for what I want to do or what I am doing. But lifestyle to me really means that you're taking um, a family, say, and you're going somewhere where you're going to have a beautiful backdrop and um, directing them. So I'm not posing them in the sense that I'm like, okay, put your hand here now stand up tall, now turn your shoulder two inches and all that very, very specific posing. Sure. It's definitely more just directing, um, but I'm still putting them in a spot. I'm still, you know, telling them what to do and how to do it so that we can take pictures. Um, but what documentary is to me is I don't do anything to the scene. I don't change anything. I don't you know, turn on lights, turn off lights. I don't move water bottles if they're in the frame. I just document whatever I see. So for a family documentary session, that would be basically just be who you are. You don't even have to clean the house. (laughs) I have one of my, one of my previous, um, brand position statements or whatever was, Mm -hmm. um, no hair gel required. So basically (laughs) I don't want you to do anything different. I just want you to be you Mm. and let me document that because Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, when you look back at pictures, the ones, many people, the the ones they enjoy most are the the more real life candid ones, not the the posed ones. And I even take that a step farther and I need to get this into my marketing more to say basically your memories of that um, photo session if we spent all the time posing you and moving your hands and getting you into position, that's what you're going to remember when you see those pictures. And is that the kind of memories you want to have when you look back, you know? So it's, I really wanted to remember the, the moment of just being you. Yeah, no, you make such a great point though. We, we all kind of joke about those family photo sessions that we went to at Sears or JC Penney or whatever mm-hmm. years ago as kids. The, the re, I mean, that we're not talking about how beautiful those pictures were. We were talking about this terrible experience that we had getting posed at some boring photo studio. And that is the last thing that we want to leave as an impact um, mm-hmm. to, to be able to actually capture somebody's life as it is. 
And, and I think, by the way, I'll add this as well, that you not only do that documentary or bring that documentary style to bear, but you also do it in a way that I, I was literally talking to my kids. I was showing my kids your work earlier. And I was like, look at this. This is not only something that tells a story, but it also is, is it seems like art to me. Like I would frame this and put it on my wall. And the combination of those things is it's quite unusual. So again, you have something special to offer, but um, I think it's it's just a, a wonderful combination at that. If if we can combine the beauty of of real life with this idea of art, it's mm-hmm. it's a win win. And so you've got that. And I'm gonna we're gonna come to this here in just a second. The the pain point because you actually talked to us, you shared this with us ahead of time. The the pain point uh, or one of the pain points that you said that your clients have or the concerns that they have is that they're regular life, quote unquote, isn't beautiful, right? You're there to capture this thing. They're worried that it's not going to be pretty. Um, I want to, I want to get into a little bit about what that conversation sounds like here in just a second, uh, by the way. And I want, not only am I going to give you props, but, but Heather is also giving you props. She said, beautiful work, Lauren. So um, for you. those of you that are watching and listening in, please don't hesitate to, to comment as well. Join Heather in the conversation and join us in the conversation. Ask questions, comment, if you will. Um, okay. Don't hesitate. Just to, one second. I'm sorry. To do that. Sure thing. So we're going to come back to, um, we're going to come back to Lauren here in just a second. Oh, Lauren's back and already. Wave and it's warm. There we go. <laughs> okay, cool. So I, I want to keep the conversation going though, Lauren. Talk to me about the percentage of services that you offer. I know that, that you said it was family photography and wedding photography, but one of the things that photographers should take a look at when they're looking at establishing a distinct brand position is whether or not to offer multiple genres of photography or whether or not to, to just focus in on one, maybe two. In, the, in your case, family, weddings, what percentage of your business is each? At the moment, I would say I'm probably about 70% um, family. I do a lot of newborn and um, family sessions. Um, I'd like to do more weddings. I'm hmm. working towards that. And my weddings have generally been the smaller... Um, do-it-yourself, more intimate type weddings. I, I tend to get clients that are older that are not interested in the traditional, um, you know, huge venue, 300 people wedding. And I'm, I'm great with that. I love doing the smaller, um, more personal type weddings. Okay. And, and the, the interesting thing about documentary, the notion of documentary photography um, and as we'll see actually here in just a second, when we look at some of what your competition is saying is their brand position, uh, is that it's it's not actually really commonplace to to talk about it. I, I was, in fact, I'm even a little bit surprised because I, I thought that that word documentary was used more than, at least I saw it was in Ventura and Santa Barbara. Again, I'll, I'll give some examples here in just a little bit, but uh, there is an opportunity not only to to offer that as a service and actually be unique in that sense, but the cool thing about that genre is that it can encompass both family and wedding photography. You can build a brand on the concept of documentary or photojournalism and offer both services, and it doesn't water either one down. Um, and I think that's really important to note. Uh, so while 70% of your business may be coming from family photography, um, looking at your competition, the only other person who is really in that space in your market, and you may have seen them, uh, I won't name any names, but is, is a family photographer. And mm-hmm. so the fact that you're offering wedding photography as well will also help create a little bit more distinction. You're not just saying you're a documentary family photographer, but that you are a documentary ph- photographer, period. And then, of course, the person that's landing on your site gets to choose, do I want family photography or wedding photography? 
And that's kind of nice. And again, sets you apart in that way. So uh, it's, a, it's an important conversation to have. I think you're in a great space right now to be able to continue to offer both. There's no need to take one out or the other, especially if you're wanting to get more into wedding photography. But I don't think it's going to water down your brand at all to do so. Okay. I was going back and forth about whether to have a separate website for the wedding photography. And I really didn't want to do that because I do feel like it's all the same principle that I'm, whether it's a big event or just a a day in the life of your family, it's Mm -hmm. still to me, I'm documenting, you know, what I see and what I experience of you. Well, and, and, and I think there are a variety of ways, and we can talk about some of the ways to, to go about saying that thing. I, what's cool about your situation as, a, an, as, a, as an established and experienced photographer who already has beautiful work and is, is already moving in the direction of this, this brand as we are discussing it, um, is that really at this point, I think it's more about narrowing down how you communicate the idea, number one, and then number two, how you actually present yourself. Um, and this isn't, this isn't actually something that I normally get into as much, but I think there's a massive opportunity. Again, we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I think there's a massive opportunity to change your presentation so that those who are coming to your brand, especially for the first time, but on an ongoing basis, have a very, very clear idea what it is that you offer, A, but B, don't offer simultaneously. It's important to, to be able to communicate both. And I think you're going to do that really, really easily, actually. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But I want to ask you some more questions, too, not only for your context, but also for the context of our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about what you would say at this stage, anyway, differentiates your photographic style from those in your local marketplaces. Um, I think I, I see mostly the lifestyle... Um, type photos Mm -hmm. in my market. Um, I would, I would say for family photography, especially, I don't even know that I don't see that much of the studio work or, you know, the type of, um, highly stylized portraits that, Mm -hmm. that some studio photographers do, even Mm -hmm. if it's outside, they still, you know, they bring all the lighting equipment and they really, um, go, you know, go to town with the, editing and the retouching and all of that. Um, oh, not very we- and I think in terms of our areas, we do have such other, you know, people want to be outside. They want to be, um, they want to be out and about. Yeah, absolutely. So that's and- pretty much what I see. And it's interesting you say that because as I'm thinking back through all the different websites that I, that I looked through mm-hmm. both in, in Ventura and in Santa Barbara areas, there was very little, if any, studio photography. Actually, there were, there were maybe just a few sites, a handful of sites. Uh, but you're right. The majority were kind of, as you would say, lifestyle photography. And, and I'm, by the way, the, the reason I think that distinction is important, not only is because you have to think about, of course, the words that you're using to communicate your brand position to somebody. Um, but I, I think the distinction, the true distinction between lifestyle and true photojournalism is what you described earlier. Lifestyle photography, there is quite a bit of setup involved. Whereas true photojournalism is, we, we take it as we see it. Um, and, it. and of course, the challenge for you is to be able to capture what actually is there without setting it up and do so in a beautiful way. And again, you've done that. And we'll, we'll show some of that work here in just a little bit. But um, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's important to note, and, and I'll just say this from the outside. Again, having scanned through your marketplace, what I would say is different about you is that you actually offer photojournalism. And... <laughs> And, and you, you back it up with your work. It's one thing, and that, this is really important to note for everybody listening and watching. 
when you come up with a brand position statement, it's nice to say something. It's another thing to actually do the thing. And you actually follow through on, on this notion. So I, again, major props to you for that. It's, it's beautiful work. In fact, you know what? Let, let's actually, I'm going to pull up your Instagram account just really quickly here. And I'll share this on screen for anybody who's watching live. And again, it's Lore Photography, L-O-R-E Photography Ventura. And I'm just going to kind of scroll through here. And this was actually one of the images that I was showing my son earlier. Uh, this is from May 23rd. It's this black and white image of what looks like a little girl carrying a, an inner tube of some kind, maybe walking to the pool. But it, it, it's, it's a fascinating image for multiple reasons. Number one, there's, there's something, there's a story there. Like, it, and it leaves you curious. You know, I mean, you heard me out loud saying, I, I wonder what's happening. Maybe, it's, maybe she's doing this or maybe she's doing that. So it leaves you curious, but simultaneously it tells an interesting story. And of course, for the family uh, member or the family involved, or associated with this person, there's going to be some strong memories associated with that image. But then simultaneously, as I also pointed out earlier, I think you capture this in such a beautiful way. It's an artistic image. I mean, the, the, the light, of course, the rim light on her hair is gorgeous. The shadows, the very high contrast between the shadows and then the light in between uh, the girl and the wall there. I mean, it's just, it's a stunning, stunning image. And this is a beautiful example of that journalism that, that we're describing here. Let me, let me jump down here to, there were a couple of more. Actually, this one, this one really stood out to me. And this is something I actually want to talk to you about, at least get your thought on here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. This image, first of all, beautiful storytelling. Uh, and for those of you that are listening, and you've got to go check this out. This is from an April 9th post. But it's a little boy, and he's looking over at his, his dog, who's also peeking out the same window. The little boy is laughing. The dog yeah. is just curiously looking out, outside. We've got this really beautiful light, directional light, kind of streaming across with some shadow as well. Um, in my mind, I look at this beautiful work that you're doing in black and white. And, of course, black and white, one of the, the powerful things about black and white is it takes away what can potentially be a distraction in the color and allows you to really focus in on the subject or subjects at hand. I think this image would be stunning converted to black and white because it would do just that. There's nothing in the image that, that really makes the image better in color. In black and white, though, it would highlight the beautiful light. And then, of course, it would also highlight the subjects and what's going on between those subjects. And, and I think would just further emphasize the beauty of, of the work that you're presenting. So just a little side note there about color versus black and white. We'll come back to that as well. Um, I want to scroll down here to maybe one or two others. I mean, even this right here is just lovely. You talk about true journalism as these kids are kind of running through, I don't know, a forest and a, 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 maybe what used to be a stream. There are all these rocks and they're running through. You don't pose that. I mean, it's just, it's beautifully captured. Again, there's a story there. Those closely associated with it are going to know what's going on. It would look beautiful on the wall as well. And uh, let's, let me scroll down and just pick, pick out one more here that really grabbed my attention. I mean, this, this is an interesting one. This is another one I was actually looking at um, earlier with, with my son. I mean, the expression on the face there is absolutely brilliant. There's a little happy, uh, oh, it looks like happy Mother's Day in the background. So that, that actually just lends itself further to the story. It leaves you a little bit curious as to what's going on. There's this interaction between what might be siblings. Um, also, happy Mother's Day. Maybe this encapsulates what it means to be a mother. I mean, there's so many different directions you can go, but it's just beautiful storytelling uh, gorgeous light as well. And, and of course, I could just continue to go on. I'll, I'll pull up one more, actually. This is from March 16, 2020. Again, stunning black and white image. The light is just beautiful, captures your attention. Um, really interesting. There's a variety of lines. There are a variety of lines in the image, of course, further emphasize the contrast that comes from that black and white. 
but then also it draws the viewer's eye to not only the subject, the little boy who's pushing the truck on the ground, but then what might be, I don't know, maybe his mother or family member, maybe even a friend kind of stepping over him or trying to get around him as he's just pushing that truck through. Again, beautiful storytelling. And this is something that, I mean, if this was my, my son, I'd be framing that. It's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's an art piece. It also tells a story. Um, just really, really beautiful work, Lauren. So I had to highlight that and, and just give you props. And for those of you listening in, um, make sure, oh yeah, and, and Jill popped in too. She said, I love this one. Um, make sure for those of you that are listening in, if, if you are not watching the live stream, go back and watch the replay or just go over to Lauren's Instagram account and I'll pop this up on screen as well. But it's Lore Photography Ventura uh, for anybody who's listening. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Let me keep going though. We, we talked, I alluded earlier briefly to the pain points that you had, had brought to us ahead of time. Your customers might be facing as a potential client. And for those of you listening and for context, when we're thinking about a position statement, one of the things that we want to do with that position statement is to communicate how we're going to solve a potential pain point. Now that may sound a little bit dramatic, but at the end of the day, put it very simply, we all have certain desires and or needs. And we'll call those pain points as well. And if we can somehow meet that potential desire or that need that a client might have, and we communicate how we do that through a position statement, brilliant, right? Because now that person lands on their site, they see that brief position statement, it absolutely resonates with them because it meets a desire or a need that they have. Now it's a great match and they're going to they're gonna now dive into conversation with you. That's the goal. So to that end, talk to me just briefly, if you will, about the pain points that you feel like your customers have. For wedding clients, I hear this a lot, that we're really unpretentious people. We don't want a big spectacle. We don't want our photographer to come in and make, you know, make a spectacle of our wedding. Or um, this, I, I'm not the first person to say this, but your wedding is not a photo shoot. You know, it's not my mm-hmm. photo shoot. It's your wedding. Mm-hmm. So I'm here just to honor the moments and capture the feeling and, you know, be as much of a ninja as possible, just trying to stay out of your way, but capture, um, as much as I can of the emotion and the, and the, you know, sacredness of it and whatever those things, um, I see. Mm -hmm. And for family photographers, uh, family clients, uh, I, I tell this story a lot, but I just think it's so funny. I, I had a, um, a former lifestyle client and I said, Hey, I'm really trying to move towards documentary instead. And as I was, um, I was sort of offered to her. So would you rather do that instead? And I can, I can do a session for you for free and you can just see what you think. And as I was going to type uh, text her more information about the style, she had gone on Google <laughs> and looked it up oh. and then, she comes back with another text and says, wait, so does that mean I have to look like crap? <laughs> so it was basically like what she saw was mm. the real moment photography of mm-hmm. documentary style. And that was her first, you know, impression of that style. So, you know, that just told me that what she was looking for in a photographer was really to have more of the, you know, the stylized photos where they're, you know, they're, she's picking out all the outfits for the family and they're going to definitely be posed. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was totally fine, you know, so I was still doing that style at the time. Um, but it just gave me a, 
a sort of insight into the thinking, you know, that some clients might have and why I might not be a, a good fit for them. And I just have to be okay with that uh, as I trans- transfer my business towards this um, new style. Yeah, I, I think that to me anyway, that's what really captures my attention is, is that notion that you are there to observe and to document things as they are. And so, like you said, especially in the context of wedding photography, but even in family photography, you're not getting in the way. You're not, you're not the intrusive photographer trying to run the day or run the show. You're just there in the background mm-hmm. capturing. And it lets, it lets people live. Mm-hmm. Especially for the... And I really believe in it um, for weddings. And I do tell them, though, you know, absolutely, totally fine with doing some formals you guys are all dressed up your family's here if you want formal portraits you know at some point during the day sure of course i'm happy to do that mm-hmm. but it's not the focus um you know it's not my intention to take you away for two hours from your party so that you can have these epic portraits you know yep that's not I, not the way i do it i remember uh, you're familiar with the photographer joe Busink. Have you heard that name before? If you get a chance, just look him up sometime. But it, Joe was, was kind of an idol of mine when I was a wedding photographer, a photographer out of California at the time. And um, he, he would actually bring a so-called second shooter, a second photographer with him to, to do the formal stuff so that he could focus on the documentary piece, which was really interesting. It was a different take. You know, it, in fact, the way that I was, I was shooting back then, a lot of the times it was me focusing on the, the formals and my business partner at the time was doing the journalistic stuff. It was, it was flip-flopped. He actually was focused on that journalistic work, which I thought was really cool. And the stuff that he, that he would capture was very raw um, and, and intimate and beautiful. It was, it was really, really lovely. But I had uh, that happen. I had a second shooter very surprised at me when I said, you take care of that and I'll, I'll be over here. She was like, wait, what? You don't want to do that? Yeah. But I, like, but I think okay, the other thing, too, that's really important is, is, again, to highlight the significance of capturing things as they are. The challenge, of course, for you as a photographer is to do so in a way that's beautiful to look at as well. Mm-hmm. But I, the emphasis on documenting things as they are, I think that's where, again, you have an opportunity to stand out in the work that you're showing. And we'll talk a little bit about the way that you've got your site and social media set up here in a bit. But I, I think there's real opportunity to hone in the brand message by also honing in what images you're sharing, because there are certain ones that are super strong. And I realize part of it is subjective at the end of the day, but there are certain ones that just scream photojournalism and others that don't. And I know it's a little bit risky to, to, to start culling some of that stuff out and, and really honing in. But I think that's where one of the big opportunities lie is, you know, when somebody says, I, but it's not going to look good. If they, if they're able to go to your site, and, and see and, and to your social media and to see how beautifully you're capturing life naturally, it's immediately going to help ease their fears. You don't have to try to convince them because telling them, hey, you don't have to worry about makeup. You don't have to get dressed fancy. You don't have to do this and that. To most, they, they don't even have, they don't even understand what that concept looks like. Now they go to your website, they go to your social media and they can visualize it because you're actually, that is all you're showing them. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll come back to that again here in just a second, but I, I think that's a really important opportunity. Just one other kind of question for, for mm-hmm. you as far as lending context to the, to the overall effort to refine in this case, refine your brand position. Talk to me about what motivates you as a photographer. Like what are the reasons that you started the photography business in the first place? And the reason I asked this again, not only for your context, but for our listeners and viewers as well is we're, we're talking about 
establishing a brand position statement around which the whole brand is going to function. The day-to-day activities, the marketing efforts, et cetera, are going to center around this big idea. And if, so if we're going to give so much of our profession and our day-to-day lives as business owners to this idea, hopefully it's going to be one that's rooted in motivation that is inspiring to us, you know, that actually leads us to be, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, these word, words these days, but uh, passionate, that, that we actually mm-hmm. feel a genuine, deep, emotional passion or excitement for this idea. Um, so to that end, what is, what is the driving, motivating factors for you as a photographer? That's so interesting because um, I've recently thought about the whole brand position as like your thesis statement in an essay. I used to mm. teach English. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to teach remedial composition and reading. Okay. And when I got married, I went um, when I got married. I went to part time, and then when I had my first child, I took a leave of absence, and then I just never went back because okay. we ended up having a second and a third. So, <laughs> um, so I was. Um, Things got busy. Stay at home mom there for a while. Sure. Um, and I, when my, we got, we adopted my second and third and we got, we got the third one. I started, that's when I really started taking pictures on manual. And, um, that's where the whole thing started with for me. Okay. And I think it really was and still is a, a real, a real deep need for me to have some other outlet and some sort of, intellectual stimulation Mm. beyond mom (laughs) Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um photography to me is is like a lifelong you know there's always going to be something new to learn i was so um pleased when you picked out that picture of the girl with the inner tube because that was shot on film and that was my first experience shooting film oh wow i I saw it it. i really am intrigued because i think there is something so there's something to it i wasn't Mm -hmm. sure when I heard all these film photographers talk about it, but I don't know, there's something, something to it. So I probably will start shooting film again. Um, but anyway, I was, I think that's at the heart of it is there's so much thinking involved in creating images that speak to the viewer. And I think that's been my goal all along. So this has been seven, seven years now. Um, and doing, I've had a business for six. Okay. So I started out very small, just mini sessions and family sessions. And I've always kept it small because I do have these responsibilities with my family. But my son is going, my youngest is going into second grade now. And um, this was, this past year was supposed to be my year when he was finally in first grade and all three were going until three o'clock every day. Uh-oh. And then COVID hit. So I ended up yeah. homeschooling all three of them. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah. But so, um, I'm able to do it part time and it works, you know, for our family. So, well, and that's interesting too. Yeah. I I think, so let me ask you this, if if I can, Mm -hmm. is the, the income generated for this business, is it a, an absolute necessary part of your family's income or do you have some flexibility there? Yeah, we have flexibility. Um, it's not really, we're not really needing the extra income, it has been a a sort of boost to my family in the sense that it's like play money in a way. Sure, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Vacation money and stuff like that. But the main thing that it's been up until now, because I have a good kit now, but um, was just buying gear and taking classes. <laughs> yeah, like it gets expensive. 
yeah, it is. And I just felt like, okay, if I can make the money, I can sort of justify that, you know, that mm. new 85 and <laughs> all the different well, lenses that I wanted. So. And just to be clear, I, of course, I, I don't mean to pry whatsoever no, in your personal life. Good. The reason I ask it, it's actually really important, is because especially as you as you further dial in your brand position and you really hone in what it is that you're offering, for somebody who's like, I have to shoot X amount per week or X amount per month in order to make ends meet, to pay my bills, et cetera, there's a lot more of a pressing need to just get any opportunity you possibly can. If that's not the case for you, what this lens, I mean, it sounds like you've, again, you've already got a really well-established business. So I, I don't know that it's much a concern, but as you even hone in more, and we talk about the possibility of culling some of the, the images out of the way that don't represent what your brand really is about. And so it becomes more niche. It becomes more specialized. It may be that you're not you know, you're booking 30 weddings a year, for example. Maybe it's going to be 10 or 15. But those 10 or 15 weddings that you're shooting are going to be so in line with what the client wants and vice versa because you're actually offering this very, very specific style. And they're booking you because of it. Same thing with the family photography. So it's it's a it's a side note, but it's not. I think it's actually a really important point of conversation, especially when we talk about making a shift. Because I know yeah. that the average photographer, they're like, "Oh shoot, if I make this change and I lose my income, you know that throws things way off." I've pretty much been shooting anything and everything that came my way up mm. until now because I just wanted the experience. I sure. do four preschools every fall. I do. I've done some stage um, production photos for a local um theater company and i've done headshots you know i've done branding lots of different things so i think it's come down to now where you know if it if i don't have as much business but i get to to really zero in on what i want to do Mm. that's totally fine for my business it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna you know hurt my business um I want, I, I'm ready to do it. It's like, I've been thinking about it for two years, but now yeah. I'm, I'm really ready. Well, and, and to be clear, I, I'm not suggesting you're not going to get business. And in fact, I think when you hone this in even more and people come to your site and they see, you know, those few pictures that I pulled up earlier, if that is all they're seeing, I mean, my attention was transfixed just with a few images. And if that's all they're seeing and, and they're looking through 20, 30, 40, 50 images or more that are that oh my goodness, like book me now. Like I want that right now, whether I need family photography or, or wedding photography, because again, it stands out and yet it's, and, and it does capture life as it is, but it's beautiful at the same time. I, it's, I don't think it's going to be that hard to sell, uh, but I just, it's important to, to take that into consideration, especially for those that are, those that are listening in and are also considering some of these same things, um, just to take that into consideration. All right, I want to keep the ball rolling because we have a few more things to kind of touch on here. But uh, as far as the brand position at this point, are you looking for... Are you looking to to change your brand position? Or are you just looking to establish a clear verbiage that represents that brand position? What is it that you're looking for? Yes, clear verbiage. Okay. <laughs> I have jumped around so much and I feel like I can't seem to zero in on a phrase that I feel really... Rep- so like you said, right? Soon, the first thing they see, first text they see is, you know, Ventura, Santa Barbara and Ventura wedding and family photojournalism, I think is what it says. Mm -hmm. But after that, what's the sort of the tagline, right? The catchphrase that's going to encapsulate what I do. That's where I feel um, I'm missing the boat. 
And, and I want to come back to that because I know you're an English teacher and, and I bet yeah. you're, you're probably actually not so far off in some of the ideas that you've come up with. So I'd, I'd be curious to hear what those are here in just a second. But before, before we come back to that, what I want to do is just share with you what I saw in some of your competition in the area. Um, just doing a Google search. And, and I'm going to do something here. Uh, I don't even know if I've really done this before, but I want to actually pull up and I'm going to share my, my browser here as I do this. So I'm just going to type in Ventura uh, wedding photographer, actually, just as an example. And we'll do this a couple of different ways, actually. But when I do a Google search for Ventura wedding photographer, you're actually on the first page. <laughs> I am? Oh, good. Which is... I was doing some SEO work last, last year, so I'm glad that <laughs> it's working. Well, but here, here's the even cooler thing. If I go to Ventura photographer... I think you're even number one on the page. You're certainly, yeah, you're, you're just like two or three down again on the first page. You have rocked your SEO. I have to say, <laughs> I searched, I searched Ventura photographer, Ventura wedding photographer, Ventura documentary photographer, photo, photojournalism, Ventura. You're on the first page for all of those, um, That's which is really cool. Now, little side note here, and, and to be clear, I'm not an SEO specialist, but certainly been doing a lot of work uh, for our, our business or businesses as of late in that realm. And one thing, one tool that I would highly recommend, uh, and if anybody that's watching live right now, uh, and hopefully you can, you can kind of see this as well, Lauren, but if there is a tool that I'm using here called Related Keywords, and it's a plugin for, for Google Chrome. I'm not sure, excuse me, Keywords Everywhere. I'm not sure if the plugin is available for other browsers, uh, but what's really interesting is when we do search this, is it, this is again, just a side note for any SEO work that you might want to do. When you search Ventura Photographer, you get related keywords and you can even see the volume for those related keywords, uh, which is really important. Uh, you know, if, if I, for example, if I search Santa Barbara, if I can spell here, Santa Barbara photographer, you're going to get the same kind of thing. And you can actually see trend data, a little bit of trend data for that particular phrase, that key phrase. And then you can also see related keywords and what kind of volume they're getting. So as you're doing, as you're continuing to do, and you'll notice down here, one of the things that's really popular is Santa Barbara photos. Now, that's a little bit nebulous, a little vague, and it could be that they're just literally looking for pictures of Santa Barbara. But nonetheless, it's interesting to see what people are actually searching for related to that key phrase that you're searching. Highly recommend that particular plugin. The other one that I'd also recommend um, is called Moz. And this is also a free plugin. I think you ultimately have to, to get an account, but the account can be free. Uh, Moz, M-O-Z dot com. And you can go to anybody's website and you just click on it. So I have this, this um, plugin set up here. So if I click on it and activate it, you'll see this little toolbar pops up in the browser. And for everybody listening to this, by the way, I'm demonstrating this live uh, during our live stream. You can go watch the replay of the live stream at facebook.com slash Boca Podcast. But I click on this little icon, Page Analysis, and it actually gives me a detailed breakdown of, cool. again, the SEO work that you're doing. And I have to give you major props. Again, I mean, you're doing really, really great work. And I think there might even be opportunity, especially with your H1 and H2 tags on the homepage, um, to, to further refine that in the direction of... What seems to be the most popular in this realm is documentary photography, photojournalism. I, I don't know that it's as common a term, a search term. Uh, and you, again, you can do a little bit of research in that, in that realm. But I would actually update your H1 and H2 tags. That might even give you an, even more of a boost 
in this particular genre. But Moz, and we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for anybody who is curious. All right, so what I want to do, Lauren, is come back here really quick to um, the, the, the brief market research that I did, just looking around you. And the, the first, the search that I did here, and I actually pull this up really quick. Um, this initial one was Ventura photographer. And then I also did Santa Barbara photographer as well. I, I initially went the direction of family, but I know you're offering both. So it made a little bit more sense to be a little bit more general. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to read through these here really quickly. Um, so when I'm, when I search Ventura photographer, here are the phrases, those photographers that actually had something resembling a position statement on their website. Here are the phrases that I'm seeing. Immortalizing moments of magic, creating memories, real estate and commercial photography. We cultivate happiness. Uh, the, the person who I think is probably your main competition, um, in that space, at least in, in the Ventura, Santa Barbara area, Ventura County family photographer, and then the subtext was lifestyle and documentary family photography, uh, or the, the, the additional position statement, if you will. Uh, another person specialized in commercial and residential real estate drone imaging and editing services. That's pretty broad. Um, another one was weddings, lifestyle, family, just three words. Another Santa Barbara weddings photographers or wedding photographers prioritizing authenticity, art- artistry, and a supportive wedding day experience. And by the way, that came up searching Ventura photographers. That's kind of interesting. Uh, another is Ventura County Child and Family Photographer, Wedding Photographer in Bakersfield, Creative Wedding Photography. And actually, shout out to my friend Montana Dennis, who's been on the podcast. This was Montana's site. So I, I can talk about him since he's my friend. And I think it's actually a really great position statement, Creative Wedding Photography. Um, your California Portrait and Equine Photographer was another one. Capture Life's Most Magical Moments. And then the last one from that Ventura Photographer Search, Natural Light Photographer based in Ventura, California. Very quickly, I'll read through Santa Barbara as well. Uh, revelatory visuals for business luminaries, cultural evolutionaries, and modern mystics. <laughs> and then the subtext was branding, photography, and videography serving your biggest um, biggest needs, I guess. Uh, that was a mouthful. I've never seen a position statement like that, but it's, it's um, well, there's a lot there. We'll just leave it at that. Capturing mm. universal truths of the human experience artfully was another one. Family and brand photographer, Santa Barbara, natural family photography and content for creative women-run brands, wedding photography in Santa Barbara, brand sessions, lifestyle sessions, guided empowerment sessions. Another one was more than just a photo shoot. Another, a limited membership collective, weddings, families, portraiture, and commercial. Another one was Santa Barbara wedding portrait and branding photographer creating fun, vibrant photos for couples, individuals, and local businesses in Santa Barbara, Santa Ynez, and beyond. (laughs) Another mouthful. Uh, elegant, artful, and honest photographs was another one. Premier photography service in Santa Barbara County. Love isn't boring. Why should your photos be? Another was timeless, full of life, and just enough class. Um, another was hopeless, romantic, and storyteller in your new favorite third wheel. Another was Santa Barbara headshots and branding photography. Rewind the moment was another one. Santa Barbara wedding photographer. Destination wedding photography and cinematography. More than wedding photographs, we preserve life's most magical moments. Another was create, creating a legacy of presence. And then another was photography for authentically curated homes, weddings, and lives. Okay. I know that was a mouthful. <laughs> that was a lot to share all at once. But again, for your context, Lauren, and for everybody listening in or watching, the reason that these matter, first of all, it's just good to develop awareness of who's around you and who's doing what and who's offering what and what are they saying about it. 
Uh, but especially in the context of a brand position statement, if we know what somebody else is saying and doing, then it gives us an opportunity to position ourselves more clearly against them or in contrast <laughs> to them. And it's unfortunate that a lot of photographers, and you can see it at even some of the words that are used there, a lot of photographers just, they kind of copy paste. They, they say a lot of the same things that other photographers are saying. Um, hopeless romantic is, is a phrase that is just like cringe worthy almost at this stage. It's used so much. And photographers need to, to take a step back, look at the copy that they're writing or having written for their, their website and start to modify it and adjust it. Probably take a lot of it out. And then what's left to actually say something different than the thousands of other photographers that are out there. It's super important. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And again, I know you're an English teacher, so I, I, I don't need to, to emphasize this, I'm sure. But that's the reason I bring all of those to light. Now, the other thing that's really cool as we read through all those, literally, there was one, and this, is, this was um, all the, the, the first lists of organic results on, on Google Maps. So you know, now when we do a Google search, not only does it generate the, the, what we would consider the normal listing, uh, the Google search results, but it also gives us Google Maps and results on Google Maps. So this is looking at organic results from uh, three pages, the first three pages of organic Google results, including the first page of um, listings on the map, Google Maps. And I mean, you, your presence, by the way, especially in the Ventura area on Google was incredible. You're, you're you know, front and center, which is really, really cool. You've done incredible work with the SEO. But literally nobody but that one uh, competitor, if you will, is talking, even really talking about this idea of documentary mm. photography. And theirs is geared specific to family photography, number one. And, I, and I'll add this additional caveat, which is that when I look at their site, it's not nearly as photojournalistic. I actually like that word because in my mind it conjures up, you know, the, again, the kind of the old style newspaper photography that is truly storytelling. Um, their work is not nearly as photojournalistic. It, it is a little bit more lifestyle, um, a little bit more posed. So not only do you have a clear opportunity just to kind of own the space as a general documentary photographer or photojournalistic photographer, but again, your work is actually different, even than the person who claims to be in that, that similar space as you which is really cool. It kind of makes you, it makes your job trying to figure out this position statement way, way easier. Good. Yeah. And I keep going back and forth between the terms documentary and photojournalism. I have to um, zero in on that. Um, and I also wanted to mention that my website, I have updated the family where when you click, when you go to my site and then you click on family just to get directed, mm -hmm. that um, section has been, I've gone over and really tried to zero in on just the documentary style. Okay. The wedding, I haven't gotten to yet. So that still might be some lifestyle in there, some posed shots in there. So I have to really go back to that as well. And the birth, obviously, is definitely <laughs> documentary. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. So while, while we're on this topic, let's, let's go ahead and jump on this. A couple of things that I, I do want to recommend. I, the school photography or the preschool photography that you're talking about doing – if, if it's not something you need to do uh, or something that you just absolutely love just for the fun of doing it, my yeah. suggestion would be just take that out of the mix. Um, and, but then when, when, you, when it comes to, and I'm going to go ahead and share your, your website here again. It's not even on my, the preschool is not even on my website. I just do it on the side for fun. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, and that's, yeah. that's great. I, we, we should all do plenty of things for fun. I think that's, that's <laughs> wonderful. Um, and especially if it's not represented in your brand, then it's not watering down your brand. That's, that's even better. But coming back to your website, um, mm -hmm. when, when I, when I look here, let me actually reload this here really quick. So we get the, there we go. Um, 
so I, I, this, this initial image is beautiful. The, the raw emotion, raw emotion is one of my favorite things in photography. It was something that I certainly worked for as a wedding photographer and engagement photographer. I really love this, but it, it's just sheer emotion at the same time. When I think about you as a documentary or photojournalistic photographer, I'm thinking again about some of those, those just stunning black and white images that you had in your Instagram feed earlier. So as I'm scrolling through here, you know, color is, it, it's really actually quite interesting. So just as a little side note, I, I started shooting weddings back in 2001, thereabouts. And I started here in the Chattanooga market. And at the time, what was happening was that the, the local market, it's a pretty traditional market, small market. What was most popular at the time was color photography, pretty posed, shooting with big medium format cameras. And what was happening was photojournalism was coming out of California at that point. And, and we saw that and we saw an opportunity to do something different here in Chattanooga. And we did just that. And it was, I mean, you talk about brand positioning ourselves and actually offering something different. And we did that very thing and it took off and it was really, really fun. All that to say, the color photography at the time was kind of what was the norm. Black and white came in and started becoming more popular. And then of course, people kind of screwed that up with the selective color thing, which is a whole different conversation in and of itself. <laughs> um, but now we've come back to these really bold, vibrant color images. And I think it's wonderful when it actually makes the image better. I still go back to the storytelling that happens via a black and white image yeah. that at this stage in our industry anyway is actually relatively unique. Plenty of people are, have black and white images, but to make it even the majority would be a, it's, it's something really, really interesting to at least explore. You know, 75, yeah. 25 black and white color, 85, 15 black and white color, where your clients know yeah. it's not that you don't shoot color and they're not leaving because you don't shoot color, but the majority of that impactful work is in black and white because it takes away the potential distraction of the color. It draws you into to the light and the subject, the way that you capture it. And I think that'd be so impactful. So, you know, if I were to land, for example, on the homepage of your site here, and I know you're wanting to go more the direction of wedding photography, so it'd be a, a wedding image. But I'm thinking back to that image that we were looking at earlier on your Instagram profile with the, uh, the little boy pushing the truck and that sunlight and the, the, mm -hmm. the, the um, sun flare and how impactful an image that was. If they land on the site and immediately they're hit with that, oh my goodness. Like, again, I'm in. Like, I'm sold, right? I want to hire you now. And so that's what I'm thinking is I'm looking through here. Again, this is a beautiful image, beautiful capture of emotion, nothing wrong with it. But when I think about documentary photography, a storytelling image that also can double as art the way that you do it, that's what I would start to really hone in on in your site. And again, I realize it's subjective, it's preference, but... I would encourage the move toward more, even more black and white because it's just mm -hmm. so incredibly impactful. So like this right here, this, this image of the couple, again, beautiful image. The colors are lovely, but this doesn't strike me as that photojournalism that you're so capable of that you demonstrate elsewhere. And so I would, I would take images like this out of the way and I would, I would just go all in with that photojournalistic work like we looked at on your now this right here, like this, I mean, imagine if somebody landed on your homepage and this is what they saw first thing. It's, it's, it's awesome, right? They're not going to be able to help but laugh because there's, there's a certain amount of entertainment value in it. But Which one? Oh, am I not? Oh, so, so yeah. sorry. I thought I was sharing my screen here. I'm oh. just like going on and on about it. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, my bad. Okay, I thought that's the one you were talking about. I was just carried. Yeah. I was carried, getting carried away and not even realizing. So sorry. So <laughs> very briefly. So this is the, of course the, the homepage image we were talking about again, beautiful, beautiful image captures emotion. I would just go with something more journalistic and potentially black and white because I think it would really grab people's attention. And this was the image I mentioned here that is, is it's fine for what it is, but 
again, not as journalistic in nature. It kind of stands in contrast to what it is that you're offering. I, I would go yes, with something more like this. Like this is so impactful. It just, it grabs my attention. You know, you laugh a little bit, but you're also curious what's going on. Again, it draws you into the story. And of course, for somebody who you're capturing for, I mean, what a brilliant image to be able to walk away from with your wedding. Everybody has a picture of the bride and groom kissing, but they don't have an image that looks like this. Um, you know, <laughs> what a fun storytelling image. And that's, that's the kind of thing that I would just, I can't encourage you enough. You've got, you've got that work there. Get rid of all of the rest of it, or at least the majority of the rest of it. Um, and it is going to be so impactful to that client. So now and we'll talk about the, the actual position statement, but now you're pairing that position statement with this stunning, captivating work, and it's just going to immediately hit home. And I think it's going to be really powerful. And Heather says, there is so much life, all caps, so much life in your photos. And I would absolutely agree, Heather. I, I, and I appreciate you. you encouraging Lauren too. Wait, we need to just like give her all the props possible. It's great. <laughs> Okay, so so let's go back to that position statement here. Um, before I make one or two more recommendations, what what are your thoughts, um, or what were your thoughts about a position statement? What were some of the phrases that you had come up with originally? And I'm going to take some notes here as you're talking. I have a couple. So I had capturing those unscripted moments that make life beautiful, because the moments worth remembering are right in front of you, which is more for well, no, for both, but for family. Um, because memories lose their shape so swiftly was what I had up there. Um, capturing your real deal life moments unscripted, no posing or hair gel required. I captured the moments, not just the milestones. So those were some that I was tossing around. But yeah, I don't know if it should be I do this as my statement, I guess, or. Oh, you've been reading Story Brand. Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, so for everybody listening in or, and or watching, uh, of course, we talk about building a story brand quite a bit here on the podcast, but something really important, actually, and I'm really glad they bring it up, Lauren, something that Donald talks, Donald Miller talks about in that book is the, the importance of talking about how you add value to that client's life or the potential client's life. There is a tendency, unfortunately, in our photography industry, and of course, nobody's doing it um, uh, with bad intention, but a lot of photographers talk about themselves kind of incessantly at times. I mean, we're, we're landing on a photographer's website and, and learning almost immediately that they like to drink coffee and watch Netflix with their partner. Like that's cute, but it really has absolutely no value to that potential client who needs to find a family photographer. So I understand the significance of relationship and you can get to that later on, but again, to Lauren's point, instead of talking about us, let's talk about what we do for the client. And I, the one that I, I wrote down, Lauren, and I, I've circled actually in my notebook here, it was the first one that you talked about earlier, capturing unscripted moments that make life beautiful. I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know how much better you can sum up what you do. What, is there something you didn't like about it? Unscripted is used a lot, and I'm mm. not sure if it's just used a lot in the circles that I'm in, so I'm like feeling like it's cliche, or if it's used a lot universally and it feels cliche. So that's, that's the main thing um, about that. The other one I didn't mention was the, um, something to the effect of how posing, I had written down, posing kills the giddy, <laughs> which doesn't come <laughs> off very well. But it, you know what I'm getting at? That I do know what you're getting at. You, yeah, the no, giddiness, I... especially in a wedding, mm -hmm. you know, we're losing that. Um, but I don't think that could work as a, as a statement, but... Well, yeah, I mean, 
I, if, I, one, if I can interject just really quickly, yeah. one, one of the things about that phrase, while it's cute for us as photographers, and it's kind of funny because we understand what it means, what we have to think about is what the end consumer what it's going to mean to them or not mean to them. And that's one of the things that a lot of photographers do. And, and we've seen it even with the, the statements that I, that I read out loud earlier from those that are around you. Photographers talk like photographers. They're not necessarily talking to the client. And there's, I think there's kind of this assumption that we have to come up with some cute catchphrase in order to effectively communicate to that potential client or to communicate what our brand does rather than just simply telling them what we do. That's, Does that make sense? Yes, because I think that's what I was getting too caught up in. And I I just want to say what it is I do. So even capturing those unscripted moments that make life beautiful, it doesn't really say, I I guess I could say I capture those unscripted moments. Would that be more? I don't, I mean, I don't know that you need to say I or not. I'm not sure that's okay. even, I, I think there's, and there might be, there might even be opportunity just to kind of take this phrase now, now that I have this phrase for me and I, I should have asked actually ahead of time. So I could just thought through it a little bit. Uh, there might be opportunity to, to just take this phrase, dissect it a little bit. And, and I actually pulled up a, a tool earlier, um, which is powerthesaurus.org is the website. Of course, just a free tool. And I typed in unscripted and I just found this, this thesaurus to actually be really, really great in comparison to some of the others that are out there. So for anybody listening or watching, we'll link to it in the show notes, but uh, powerthesaurus.org is, is the tool. So you see some of the, the names or the words that come up, um, it, improvised, unrehearsed, impromptu, extemporaneous, ad lib, spontaneous, off the cup, ad lib, improvised, unstudied, play by ear. Um, and the list kind of goes on. You can see those there. There's, okay. there's opportunity maybe to just take this, this phrase, um, that you came up with and, you know, to your point, to take out maybe one or two of the words that are a bit cliche that are overused. Moments is another one that a lot of photographers use. Uh, and yeah. we have to, we do need to kind of keep that in mind. The caveat to this whole thing, though, is that we also have to think about, again, what, what is it that actually resonates with a potential client, one. And also, to, I mean, you were talking about all the work you're doing in SEO, which is obvious. I mean, it's brilliant think about what's actually being searched. So for example, and I'm going to come back to my browser for anybody who's listening. I'm, I'm back in my browser here. I'm going to go back to Google. And if I type in um, Ventura uh, documentary photographer. So again, Lauren's just rocked her SEO. She's literally second on the page on the, on the first page. It's brilliant. Uh, but Backlinks. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. And I might even need to get some tips from you on that. I think it's brilliant, but <laughs> Um, nonetheless, you're, you're already top of the game. So you've done the SEO work. Um, if you further build on that, I mean, I don't know how much better you can get, but it's, it's going to be extremely powerful. But when you do these searches, what might come to mind, um, and actually, let me, do, let me do this, because photojournalism, uh, Ventura Photojournalist, oops, see if I can spell now, photojournalist, for example, or photographer, or just photojournalist. We type these things in, and this is a phrase that, probably most people aren't searching as readily, but then it gives us an alternate, which is Ventura Photographers. And, and the volume's not super high, but that's one of the suggestions. So as we're thinking about what keywords you're going to use and what will ultimately be an H1, maybe an H2 tag, as your position statement there on, on that homepage, also be thinking about the keywords that are going to be most relevant or that are, that are searched most in the context that you're considering. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So to that end, uh, all this to say, and, and by the way, Heather says, excellent point, Nathan. Sometimes I've something I've struggled with for sure, being simple over trying to be creative. Uh, honestly, if, if I were to start a wedding photography business again here in Chattanooga right now, um, I would I would do something super super simple. I would I would say, for example, Chattanooga's iPhone wedding photographer. This is this is a whole different conversation, but it's a, a direction I've considered going um, to kind of prove a, a business model. But I, I would start with that. I wouldn't try to come up with a cute phrase. I would literally say what it is that I do. And I could do that because literally nobody else is doing it. So there's opportunity here for you. If you wanted to, you could literally say Ventura's documentary photographer. Or we could, we could take it up a notch and you could say Ventura's premier documentary photographer. So you're, you're, you're calling yourself out as I'm the top of the game. Fortunately, there's, you don't have competition um, but you also then, of course, are offering both family photography and wedding photography under that genre. It's, it's kind of best of all worlds. And now you're actually using, you're, you're saying exactly what it is that you're doing. You're, you're not only stating, of course, the genre, in this case, photography, uh, it's, it's more general. You're saying that you're, you are a documentary photographer, and that's the differentiating factor. In fact, I'll share the four ways that we can create distinct brand position here in just a second, just for additional context. But then you also call out the marketplace. In fact, this is actually a good, good place to do this. Just very quickly, for anybody who's taking notes, um, what, when it comes to looking at brand position, there are four different ways to establish a clear and distinct brand position. One is to be the first to own the position. And you're almost in that, that place right now. Uh, Lauren, I mean, there's nobody else is saying I am Ventura's documentary mm-hmm. photographer. The closest thing is that the family photographer, um, nobody, but otherwise nobody is saying it. You could certainly own that space in Santa Barbara. If you wanted to go that direction, if you wanted to say Ventura and Santa Barbara's premier documentary photographer, you could go that direction as well. Ventura is quite a bit larger than Santa Barbara though. Correct. The, the County. Mm. I did a quick search. Um, oh, the county. Like yes, the county. The county is about double. I think 800,000 population versus the yeah. 400,000 Santa Barbara. Um, and you're coming up more readily under Ventura already. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but more so than Santa Barbara. Yeah. I, I'm just starting to reach into Santa Barbara, okay. um, mostly for weddings, because it's a destination wedding sure. um, spot. So uh, being the first to own a position as far as the genre being offered or the service that's being offered... Be, be the first to own that, um, mm-hmm. to actually state it. Somebody else might be doing it, but you're the first to actually come out and say, you know what, this is what I do, this is who I am, this is what we do, and I'm owning this space. Um, the, the less likely is to offer a service that doesn't exist. And in most markets at this point, probably every genre is being represented in some way. So that's not, that's not an op- a viable option at this point. The other thing to do is to offer a variation. Number three is to offer a variation of a service which again is what you are, you are doing here. So you, you offer family photography, you offer wedding photography, you're offering a variation on that, which is documentary or photojournalistic wedding or family photography. Um, and then the other thing to do is to name a target market. So somebody might say they're a documentary photographer and that's literally all they have on their site. Well, that's, that's a tough one because now they're competing with thousands and thousands of photographers across the country, right? So naming a, a marketplace and really honing in on that individual marketplace as you've done with Ventura already, um, is a great way to, to create distinction. So you've essentially done what these, these four recommendations suggest, which is number one, to, to call out the particular genre, to, to um, create that distinction with a variation on it, a qualification, which is documentary, and, and three, then to call out or to uh, name the marketplace. 
So this is what I'm saying. Like you're you're well on your way to. I mean, you you really actually already know what you're doing, and it's just a matter of kind of refining that verbiage just a little bit. I like this the simplicity of literally saying what it is that you do. Now you could do that with as simple a statement as Ventura's premier documentary photographer, mm-hmm. and then give them very very simple. First of all, do that with with bold text. And again, I, I go back to the newspaper. But if you wanted to to just like kind of newspaper style bold text with just that that position statement above the fold. And this is really important too. And I'm going to jump back to your website here real quick. But um, on on your website, in order to get to any kind of text that, that describes what you do, I have to actually scroll beyond the fold. Uh, and for anybody listening in or watching, for those that, that don't know what the fold is, that is essentially that line um, on your browser that you have to scroll past in order to see any further content, right? And this would be the same on, on mobile as well as uh, on, on the desktop or laptop. So we want to have that position statement up there. If, if you can find an image, for example, that has a lot of negative space that gives you a, a place to put that text, that's a good way to go. Again, I would go black and white. And if you've got a, a really light background in that black and white image, then of course you'd use that, that big, bold black text or reverse it if you've got a lot of darkness to the image um, in some of that negative space and you put white text there, match it to what you've got going on now with, with that white text. Uh, but make sure that the position statement there and it's coupled, I would suggest anyway, with a black and white image. And you can start with Ventura's premier documentary photographer. Um, or again, if you want to get a little bit more color, colorful with it, I can certainly take a little bit of time and make some suggestions uh, after the fact, off air um, in the next few days, capturing unscripted moments that make life beautiful. I think there's a way that we could do that maybe with even one or two less words and not using those, those, as you said, like unscripted or the word moment that's used so commonly. Um, but I would just simply tell them what it is that you do because nobody else is doing that in the space. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have to get super creative with it. You can just literally tell them what it is that you're doing. Couple that with images that represent what it is that you're capable of, like those few that we pulled up. And you've got a win-win combo here. I mean, I, it's, it's really as simple as that. I would do the same thing, by the way, on social media, not just your site. Call the images on your site. Do the same yeah. thing on social media. And I know it, it. You know, it kind of sucks to lose some of the engagement, maybe that you had in some of those posts. Um, but my suggestion would be to show them what it is that you want to offer. And and so actually, go back and cut some out mm-hmm. of my Instagram rather than just go. Oh, we lost you. Are you still there? Then just going forward with. Oh, are you there? Yeah, you came. Oh, you froze yeah. up again. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Oh, there you go. Yes. Okay, okay. we're back. <laughs> um, so actually go back to Instagram and cut rather than just going forward with only for, uh, only documentary style. Yes. I would suggest okay. that only because you know that if somebody if, if somebody's taken by your brand, whether because yeah. they, they met you and they like you and so now they're going to go explore or they land on your site, you link them to your Instagram account, now they're going to start exploring. If, if they that go back sense. a little ways, then they're going to get a little bit confused. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play, I'm going to play a little bit naive as the consumer. I, and I would suggest that they're going to get confused because if they see the first couple of rows of like beautiful photojournalistic mm-hmm. black and white images, and then they drop down a few rolls and now it's just kind of bright, bold, colorful images that are posed or semi-posed, then the, it, it confuses yeah. the brand message. So yeah, I would at least go back maybe the last year worth of images, for example, you don't necessarily have to do the whole thing, but I would at least go back away so that there's obvious consistency and the images that you're that you're presenting so that they aren't confused about what your brand offers i was thinking also of asking you do you feel like the color scheme 
of the text on my website. It's like a greenish and a pinkish red color that maybe I drop that and just go with a white with black text rather than. Well, and I'm, I'm nodding here, and I'm, but I'm also smiling because I know I'm a bit biased. I'm very much, I mean, I'm wearing a black t-shirt, which I do all the time. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we're matching today, V-neck even. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I tend to, to go simple. That, that's my preference. Um, in this case, because we're talking again about kind of a little bit of um, a throwback, if you will, to yeah. kind of old school photojournalism without having to be old school. It is a throwback to that style of photography, which isn't as common in the photo industry. So... If you're doing that, then yes, I would suggest matching that then with simple black and or white text. Um, just a little side note, I would also make sure that you don't use any more than two different font styles, uh, if at all possible. Uh, just, just again, so it keeps things really clean, really, really simple, um, and, and be consistent with that through the site too. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing that as well. I, I was already wondering if, if I should do that. Yeah, I, I would suggest that. But I, I think what will happen, the combination of, let's call it 75-25 black and white color, or even 85-15 if you want to go real crazy. Um, but doing that both on social and, and your website, going ahead and putting that really simple position statement there at the top. And again, I, I can, I'm glad to, to take the next few days and, and think a little bit more about that statement uh, and, and make Thanks. a few suggestions to you. Uh, because I, I like the direction you were going there. I just want to get it wet, rid of a little bit of the, the cliche in it. Otherwise, again, I think there's opportunity just looking at your competition. If you want to go with something as straightforward as possible, just to simply say, I am Ventura's or Ventura and Santa Barbara's premier documentary photographer, um, going that direction is fine too. I, I, I like what I like about that statement, capturing unscripted moments that make life beautiful, is that you communicate what it is that you do. So okay. to some people, just saying documentary photographer, they don't know what that means exactly. And again, I'm playing a little yeah. naive on purpose, right? I'm thinking about, we, we have to kind of, um, and I don't want this to sound the wrong, wrong way, but I, not, it's not, not about the lowest common denominator. It's just thinking about the words that make the most sense to the most people, I guess is really the best way to say it. Because yeah. people, people just process differently. Again, being sure. an English teacher, you know that, right? So mm -hmm. what we have to do is use words that resonate with the most people. And in this case, I think using a statement that, that very, very simply and cleanly communicates what it is that you do the way that that does. And again, we'll figure out a, a way maybe to modify it a little bit. I think that's great. And then what you can do still, especially for SEO sake for subtext is uh, documentary uh, Ventura and Santa Barbara's premier documentary wedding photographer, or if, if you need to, and this is something that we found recently in SEO work that we were doing for our site. Sometimes uh, the more popular key phrase, for example, involves just flipping two words around. So it might be that you need to say documentary wedding photographer for Ventura in Santa Barbara instead of mm -hmm. premier documentary. There, there, there are ways to, to modify the phrases that might be more relevant to SEO. So that's something also to consider. But having the statement that very simply states how you add value to their life, which is that you capture those unscripted moments in a beautiful way. And then the subtext, which gives a little definition to that and helps with SEO, which is to, to state the marketplace that you're working in and the genre that you're offering. Um, just to add a little bit of additional clarity. I think that's, that's best of both worlds. Yeah. I like that idea. That's to have it be second because I'm not sure that everybody really potential clients really know what that term means documentary, but the first phrase just tells you what I do. Exactly. And that's it. And yeah. it, it's not talking about you. It's talking about them, what you're doing for them. And when they land there and they, they're like, Lauren, Lauren will photograph me 
my my life as it is. I don't have to pose. I don't have to lose weight. I don't have to dress dress fancy. I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. She's just going to capture my life in a way that's beautiful. And by the way, she's not just saying that, but I'm literally crying right now because I'm looking at this image and, and she's doing just that in this image. And then I scrolled down and then she did the same thing again there. And oh my goodness, I'm scrolling through Instagram, more of the same. I, I just, I can't help but want this because you're, you're backing it up with your imagery, if that makes sense. Cool. Do it. Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. And I, I can't wait. I can't wait to actually see the finished product here because I know if I'm if I just briefly scroll through your work and I'm seeing these just just gorgeous work like we were talking about earlier, I can only imagine what you have in your library that you can pull from too of all the different work that you've done. So if you do that and you really refine the look and feel of your site and then of course social media and then back that up with a really strong position statement which sits there above the fold the, the moment they land on that site they see they know what it is that you do what it is that you offer with a combination of statement and imagery gold you're set awesome thank <laughs> you so much so helpful i well i hope so and, and for everybody listening yeah. in too um it, this again i, I want to as much as we talk about brand position on on our podcast, I realize there there are other photographers out there who are able to to create and market their business without even a distinct brand position. Maybe they rely more on relationships, for example, or they have connections with a particular venue that just feeds them work. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can go about this. The reason that I emphasize so much brand position, number one, is that there are a lot of photographers saying a lot of things out there. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> for the for the purpose of this conversation, a lot of the same things. So, differentiating ourselves can happen via these very, very strong statements and then backing those statements up with a, a not only a, a photograph or a style of photography that, that matches, but also an experience that matches. And ultimately, the end goal with this is to differentiate ourselves. And I think it's one really important piece of the puzzle when it comes to setting ourselves apart and ultimately building a business that's really, really powerful. And again, you've done the majority of the work, Lauren, here. We're just going to kind of tweak and adjust a little bit and, and you're going to be good to go. Major it's props been like again a too year, for over a year that I've been working on it. So I hope. Well, you've got the work to back it up, which obviously comes from from extensive experience. But yeah, you've already done so much work here, so it's going to be slight adjustments, and it's going to be fast forward mode. Awesome. <laughs> I see, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what happens with this. I think it's going to be really, really good. Um, for anybody listening in who is who didn't catch this earlier, um, just make sure to that you follow Lauren on Instagram. It's Lore Photography Ventura. I've popped this up on the screen, L-O-R-E Photography Ventura. And then you can also check out her website that, of course, we were discussing extensively, Lore Photography, L-O-R-E Photography.com. We'll link to all these in the show notes. And uh, Lauren, again, huge fan. Thank you for making time Thanks to like so let much. us have this conversation collectively. This has been really, really good. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of you too. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye.